When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And my name is Adam Bittner, digital sports producer for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined today by Noah Hiles for the North Shore Drive podcast. Christopher Carter is on vacation. Ray Fittipaldo is on vacation. Brian Batko is on vacation. Everyone, Noah, you were on vacation last week. Everyone's getting a vacation except me around here. Uh, that's what you do in July, when, especially when you work at a media outlet that you know is located in a football factory in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, where you know that's what's the heartbeat of what we cover, and uh, you know it's right around the corner. So you got to get that, you know that that R and R to get recharged. I'm recharged now. I look good with my tan. For everyone watching on YouTube, I'm ready to go. We got a lot of great football stuff to talk about here, and it's right around the corner, Adam. I'm really excited. Absolutely. We're going to be getting into some Najee Harris talk. He expressed some displeasure with some goings on around the NFL this week. But before we do that, just want to remind everyone that this show is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Um, They've hopped on. They're sponsoring all of our Steelers content. We're going to talk about them a little bit more later, but just want to give them a quick shout out. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Noah, Najee Harris is not happy. The Steelers starting running back it was uh, decision day, deadline day in the NFL for franchise-tagged players yesterday. Not much intrigue regarding the Steelers themselves, but there were three big-name running backs who did not reach long-term deals with their teams to avoid playing the 2023 season under the franchise tag. They were Saquon Barkley from the New York Giants, Tony Pollard from the Dallas Cowboys, and Josh Jacobs from the Las Vegas Raiders. That has fed some anger online with the way things are going for running backs in the NFL these days. This evokes what happened with the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell uh, back in 2017, 2018. Le'Veon Bell at the time was fighting for, you know, a better deal for running backs, more value for them than um, teams seem to be willing to give. And and now we're just seeing the evolution of, I think, Le'Veon Bell losing that confrontation with the Steelers, sitting out the 2018 season. Um, I'll read you Najee Harris's tweet on the subject when uh, he was backing up Derrick Henry, who was upset at someone suggesting from ESPN, I think his name was Matt Miller, that you shouldn't really give a, a running back a second contract. Pick them, use the uh, franchise tag for one year and cut them loose because they're by that point, they're going to be close to 30. They're going to be close to done. Najee Harris said this about that. He said, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke. Noah, what is your reaction, I guess, first to his critique of what's happening around the league? 
Najee's right. You do need running backs to win. But the problem is, by the time they're 30, running backs aren't available every week. A lot of them have had a lot of tread on their legs. Uh, that's just the trend in the NFL. It's you draft a young guy, you, you run him into the ground, and by year six in his career, you're lucky if you can get 14 games out of him. And that's that's unfortunate. That And I think the discussion probably should be, how do you get running backs paid more out of college? Because that's when they're going to be utilized the most. You look at Najee, for example, his rookie year. But he's right. You need running backs to win, but that doesn't, mean you need a running back on a second contract to win. And if it is a running back on a second contract, he's probably not as productive as he was on his first contract. You probably have a a productive running back committee to win. So yeah, Najee's right. You need running backs to win, but you don't need a 30-year-old running back carrying the ball 30 times a game to win because, you know, that that's just not the league that they're playing in anymore. So it's, it's a tough reality, I think, to see, you know, that you get into the league, you achieve a lot, and by the time you're able to finally get quote-unquote paid, your value's gone. That's that's a tough reality, and I think that's something that the, the players' union probably needs to address the next time they're up to bargain some stuff, but it makes sense if you're building a team. Well, it's, it's a depreciated asset if that's how you're looking at it. Yeah, I, I just wonder how much urgency there is on either side to change the situation right. just for running backs. Because if you're, let's say you're a lineman, like, yeah, some linemen get past 30. You have guys like Cam Hayward, but then you also have guys like Stefan Tuitt that, that, you know, were really good players for a short period of time and then just for one reason or another are done around 30. If you're a lineman, do you really want to ch- just carve out special rules for running backs so that they can either, I guess, hit free agency earlier? Um, maybe they hit it after two years instead of four or five or change the rules so that, um, you know, there's a special deal for running backs in the collective bargaining agreement. I just don't see the urgency on the whole players union side to fix this problem for one position group. Do you? No. And I, I think that if you were going to make a change, it's not like you can agree that you're going to give one position a lot more money than every other position. I think the change would probably have to be that their first deal would be shorter than other positions. And I don't know if you want that either. If you're a running back, you, you want to have at least four years to prove yourself. Right. And if you're a first round pick like Najee is, um, I don't, I don't know what you can do to fix it. Like I said, maybe you, if, if you're confident in yourself and you want to bet on yourself, maybe you could work out something where, Hey, there's certain positions you could opt to sign a shorter deal. That way you could reach the free agency market a little earlier. I don't think teams are going to go for that though. I just don't really see a solution that's going to be fit for both sides. I think that, you know, there, there is some security in what exists right now for running backs when they're signed out of college. And it's certainly beneficial for teams because they no longer have to pay a lot of money to a position that let's face it, isn't as valuable long-term as it used to be. Yeah. And, and I think, I think the big problem for the NFL here that, that maybe gives them a little bit more incentives is, is we're look, kind of looking at a perfect storm here, Noah, of not one Le'Veon Bell situation, but three Le'Veon Bell yeah. situations unfolding across the league. Do you think it's a tenable situation for the league to have maybe three of its most marketable players, especially because more gambling interests in the NFL, yeah. people are betting on those running back props. They are betting or they're, they're betting through fantasy sports and, and running backs are a huge part of fantasy football. That's, I had Tony Pollard on my team last year, helped me win the league. 
So I know who Tooney Pollard is. I don't necessarily know who, you know, the fifth lineman on every team around the NFL is. So yeah. Do you think this is creating a problem for the league where you're, t- you're having a group of your most marketable players upset and possibly skipping seasons? It seems like it's reaching some level of inflection point, even if, you know, you and I can't necessarily see the solutions as being very easy. I don't think it's a problem yet because we still refer to it as the Le'Veon Bell situation because he's really the only one to go through with it, right? How many other running backs have sat out an entire year because of this? I mean, I'm sure there are other examples. I'm confident there are. But he's the most notable. And when did he do that? 2018? That's five years ago. So until until you get Saquon that actually – if Saquon and Josh Jacobs actually go through with this, then yeah, it's a problem. But will they? I don't know. I mean, Saquon's team just made the playoffs last year. Josh Jacobs is coming off an all-pro season. Do either of them really want to step away from the field? I'm sure they don't. And, you know, if they feel that that's the move they really need to make to make their money, then go for it. But, I mean, how well did it work out for Le'Veon Bell? He got he got paid, but he even just admitted recently that he regretted doing it. So I don't think it's a problem because I don't think sitting out is a realistic thing that teams have to worry about that much because – We haven't seen it happen that often. And again, you can point to certain cases, but in the grand scheme of things, this is a conversation that's had every NFL offseason about some running back is upset about not getting paid. And what normally happens is that guy comes back and he probably gets cut a couple years later. Uh, I mean, didn't that just happen to Dalvin Cook? And they gave him money. So I don't know. I, I, I I don't see this as a problem because like I said, not many people have gone through with their threats all the way. There are a couple who have and there aren't many that you can really point to where it worked out. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see what those guys do. When we come back here after the break, I want to talk a little bit more about what the Steelers are going to have to do with Najee Harris, a conversation we're going to have to start in, you know, probably about a year from now in earnest about whether he's going to get a second contract from the Steelers. But before we do that, just want to give a shout out to our sponsors at Pella windows and doors. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local local Pella windows and doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back on the North Shore Drive talking Steelers and Najee Harris with Noah Hiles, our pit beat reporter at the Post-Gazette. I am Adam Bittner, digital sports producer. Uh, Noah, so I set it up at the end of the last segment. Let's just get right into it. Do you think Najee Harris should get a second contract from the Steelers, given what we're talking about with you know the value of running backs and the fact that he's going to be 
if they, you know, if they use the franchise tag on him once or twice, like they did with Le'Veon Bell, he's going to be, I think, 28, 29 years old. He's 25 today. He's only one year younger than Saquon Barkley, believe it or not, even though Saquon's been in the league for seemingly a lot longer than that. What's your read on, on the Steelers' move here? And if they didn't give a second contract to Le'Veon Bell, have you seen enough from, from Najee Harris to justify it for him? No, I haven't seen enough yet, but I think it's too early to make a decision either way, Adam. Uh, I, I mean, based off of the first two years from what we've seen, probably not. I mean, his rookie year, he touched the ball like every play, it felt like. He was he was heavily involved. I, I, I kind of anticipated that being the case where it's, oh, it's a running back. But um, you know, in last year he got a little banged up, and that's that's not a good sign. That year two, you're already kind of dealing with those injuries. But injuries happen. But who's to say things can't change moving forward? Who's to say that maybe he becomes a player that's used a little less, and they're throwing the ball more with Kenny Pickett in the next couple of seasons, and that wear and tear doesn't you know appear to be what a lot of people thought it would be by the time he's entering year five and year six of his professional career. Who's to say that? You know, his production takes it up a next level, and he's one of those rare cases where he's like a Derrick Henry or an Adrian Peterson or, you know, one of those rare guys in the last 20 years where it does make sense and says, you know what, this team is at its best with this guy on the field. I don't care if he's 29, 30 years old. And I also think another variable, although it's a different general manager and there's a lot of changes that have taken place in the front office since then, I, I think the Steelers probably aren't happy with how things ended with Le'Veon Bell. I think there's there are probably some people who think, hey, if we could have reached a deal with him, maybe that 2018 season would have went a little different where they had a winning season and or they were had a winning record and things kind of fell apart at the end. And, you know, A.B. kind of went crazy and everything went to hell there for a little bit. But overall, I mean, there, there are just so many factors. It's hard to make a call one way or another i think that Najee has some stuff on his end that he needs to prove for him to even be in the conversation for that deal and that's how it should be as a player who's only played two years in the league it it, it it'd be kind of nuts i think one way or another for us to be writing it in sharpie and making a determination if he does deserve a deal because i think there are chances and scenarios where sure it should be in the conversation depends on what he's asking for as well but there are also things where it happens where you know heaven forbid if he gets injured again this year and it's something severe where it's like, you know, that's, that's just not going to happen anymore. So it's too early to tell in my opinion. Is there a stats threshold you have in mind that would, that would make your eyes open up and say, Hey, this, now you got to lock this guy down. He has, uh, you know, certified himself as, as an essential part of this lineup. Is it, is it a yard total? Is it a yards per carry total? Cause I think I've been reading the comments in our post Gazette story on this, which I'll include the link to, down in the description, a lot of people are bringing up that he's a 3.9 yards per carry back. Has not been as elusive as I think a lot of Steelers fans had hoped. If he can bump that to 4-4, four, 4-5, four, 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 is, is that the kind of thing that would change your mind? Or you know, I, I agree with you. I think we need to see more from him before we can really have this conversation in earnest. But what what is the type of production that, that would change your mind about, yes, we, we they need to lock this down now? I mean, yeah, I think that those figures that you mentioned, I think an increase in just yards per carry, I think, you know, just being even more involved in the passing attack, I think, too, could be something where it, he doesn't just need to be handed the ball if he could, you know, be split out wide more and maybe just be tackled by defensive backs a little bit more as opposed to defensive linemen and linebackers, which I felt like maybe that was the case uh, more his rookie year than last year. And again, I could be wrong. I don't have all that data in front of me. Um, 
But I think another thing that depends on it is how number eight develops. If, if Kenny Pickett ends up being a bust and you have a really good running back, it might be worth keeping him around. If, if this team unfolds where it's like a Viking situation where, you know, Najee's running for 1,800 yards every season, but they don't have a stable, stable quarterback, then that might be the route to go. And you'd say, all right, well, we'll just draft another quarterback and we can give that money that we were anticipating giving to Kenny. We can cut some of that off and give to Najee because he's proven to be someone we can rely on moving forward. And so I don't know. I don't have a, a set number of yards or yard per carry or any metric that I need to see from him. I think it's because, it, again, it, it depends on a, a multitude of factors. Like it, it depends on. Kenny Pickett's development, it depends on the team too. I mean, if this is a team that is this close to a Super Bowl and you could use that money for a bigger need, then sure. If it's a team that's this close to a Super Bowl, but you believe that Najee Harris is a big factor in that, and if getting rid of him takes them away, then you got to keep them. It's, there's just too many things for one kind of stat for me to determine it. Um, but yeah, I mean, higher numbers are certainly going to play a factor in it. One factor I think that's very important from a team perspective is the guy who's behind him, which is Jalen Warren. I think there's a lot of fans who, again, I'm, I'm referring to the comments of this Post Gazette story we did on the topic. There's already people in the comments saying, "Just give the just give the job to Jalen Warren. He's he's shown that he can run hard. I don't know that he's proven he can be the lead back in a backfield yet, but there are a lot of people who are very confident in him in a kind of similar way that they were confident in James Conner, who proved to be a pretty solid player in, in the place of, of Le'Veon Bell. And he's still in the league today, still making plays. Um, so they had a good running back in their stable already. Do you see the potential for that in, in Jalen Warren as, as a guy who could, you know, complicate these conversations about whether there's an extension for, for Najee Harris? Maybe not even Warren specifically, but I think a player like Warren represents why this is an issue. Najee was taken with what? What was he like the 16th pick, 15th pick somewhere around there. Warren was taken with the nothing pick. I'm pretty sure he was undrafted, right? Yes. And if you even have a remote thought of, hey, we can let this guy go. We can pull in someone who wasn't drafted and he can be close to amount. He can match that production or come close to it. And that just says everything you know about the running position or running back position in today's NFL. I don't think Jalen Warren is as good as a football player as Najee Harris. Some people do. Some people don't. I, I personally don't. But I think that what Jalen Warren represents is yes, you, you can find running backs anywhere. You can get them in the seventh round. You can get them in as an undrafted free agent, or you could take them in the first round. You could sign them in free agency there. There that's just a position. That's very easy to get production from, I think. And and that's, I'm not going to make it sound like, Oh, you know, you could just plug anyone in there and it will work out well. But I think it's, it's a lot easier of an issue to solve compared to something like quarterback or middle linebacker or, you know, corner or things like that, where it's not, it, it can be a little bit more of a plug and play situation. So yeah, a guy like J Jalen Warren specifically, I don't know if he's like the exact answer, but players like him are what has created this problem where they can become the next guy and there's going to be a next guy after them and a next guy after them. And most of those guys, they're not going to be first round picks who are going to probably demand a little bit higher pay when they hit the market. Yeah, I think guys like Jalen Warren are the ones that are getting the raw steal from the situation because the, the reality is Najee Harris got a pretty nice rookie deal and, yeah. and he got a, a substantial amount of money. Jalen Warren comes in undrafted 
mm-hmm. plays pretty well, makes a team. Maybe he gets 30% of the carries. And by the time it's time for him to get a second contract where he might actually get a substantial payday, you know, he's pretty old too. And teams are saying, why are we going to sign, you know, this, this older running back when there's a 23, 24, 25 year old, we can get in the draft or we can sign just like we signed Jalen Warren. That's where I think this, this really kind of sucks. Um, you know, if you're a running back is, is the guys at the top are going to be fine. It's the guys who, toward the bottom who, who don't come in with that, um, that nice rookie contract that, that are going to have an issue, I think. It, ma- it makes you think, and this is way outside the box, but like, are we going to reach a point one day in the NFL where every running back's just kind of like a Debo Samuel, where you just take like a really good athlete and it's like, yeah, we can line him up in the backfield, but he's, he's not a running back on paper. Like, is, is that what we're going to get to one day? Because it might make sense where you can have just four really good athletes and you get them all 10, 15 touches somehow, some way, as opposed to a guy that you hand the ball to 30 times and he runs into the biggest and strongest people three yards away from him. I I, I don't know. I mean, that's, again, that's kind of outside the box thinking. And I know that that's exactly what Najee and Derrick Henry were on Twitter this week talking against, but I'm sure that that's probably a thought some people have had. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how everything unfolds. We're going to come back with some college football talk because that is that is Noah's day job. I want to get make sure we talk a little bit about his beat and some other college football goings on. But first, I want to talk to you all about uh, game time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always play, get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use code PITT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We are back on the North Shore Drive podcast. I am Adam Bittner, in for Chris Carter, joined by Noah Hiles, our pit beat reporter, in part because, Noah, at this time next week, you're going to be in where, – where are the conference media days Charlotte. for the ACC this year? They're in Charlotte. So you will be in yeah. Charlotte for ACC media days. The Big Ten media days are also kicking off. So both of our local teams, um, you know, will be, will be making their pitch for why they're going to be, um, you know, a good team in 2023 – Noah, I guess, what are you looking to hear from James Franklin and Pat Narduzzi um, at these media days? Is there anything that they can say to change your perception, or is this just going to be, um, you know, a couple of days of happy talk? 
Well, me personally, I have about a list of 100 Deion Sanders-related questions for Pat. Uh, I just want to, you know, get a couple more Twitter followers and some clicks. Now, on all seriousness, I, I don't think that they're what they're trying to sell will change anything at this point. I think we, you know, we know the rosters, we know what's coming back. We know what came in through recruiting and the transfer portal. I'm just interested to see, you know, what storylines develop and, you know, how they're talking about certain newcomers. I'm really excited to hear James talk about their new quarterback, this guy that he refused to bench, um, excuse me, Sean Clifford for, uh, when some people thought that that would be the good move, but now he's the guy. And and what's what's he have to say about him? What's what does he have to say about the offensive line and the and the adjustments that have made there? Or even a new guy like Dante Cephas, you know, how, how's how's he mixing in? And what what do they have to say there? Um, I'm excited to see what James has to say when he's asked. You know, are you guys finally going to be able to beat Ohio State, Michigan this year? Because if you do, you'll probably be in the playoff. Um, and then on the pit side of things. I'm just excited to see how Phil Dracovic represents himself as the starting quarterback for Pitt. Last year, they had a similar situation where they got a power five guy in the transfer portal. He didn't go to media day. And um, I think that, you know, that's a bit of a stretch when I say this, what I'm about to say, but it's like, maybe it shows that like he wasn't completely where Phil is as far as, you know, a leader in the program. And, and Phil just probably had a little bit more of a presence in that locker room where they felt confident enough to bring him along, despite him being in a identical situation to where Keaton was last year. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to hear what commissioner Phillips has to say with the ACC. It was a very vocal off season for ACC football programs. So I think that first Tuesday is going to be very intriguing. Obviously, you know, all, all of those ACC coaches seem to have something to say, uh, during this week. So I'm sure Dabo will have a hot take and Narduzzi will say something, but I don't know. It's just fun for me, Adam, just because it represents the start of like, like we said at the beginning of the show, football season, which is the big time. Fall is the biggest, biggest, most busy, hectic part of the year for any sports media outlet, especially in a city like Pittsburgh, where you have a huge presence on the professional side of things, but also, you know, two programs that are going to be relevant once again in the college side of things. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there are going to be a lot of cool stories that come out of it. I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with some, some high profile athletes, not just from Pitt, but from other schools and some big time coaches. Where are you picking Pitt in the media poll, Noah, to finish keeping in mind, this is the first year we're not going to have divisions in the ACC mm-hmm. Where are you picking them, and where do you think they're going to be picked? Because it always seems to be like eighth or ninth, no matter what's you know, no matter how they end up performing, it always seems to be in that same range every year. I'll probably pick them fourth, I think, which I think would be fair. Um, I, I I think there are two clear cut, one and two is clear cut. It's Florida State and Clemson, and that would be my order personally. Um, three, I think, is up for debate. I think there are people who could make an argument for Pitt at three. I think some people would say maybe, I don't know, Wake Forest. Obviously, people are high on North Carolina because of Drake May, although I, I, I think a lot of talent left that Tar Heels team where I, we might see something like Sam Howell's final season uh, as far as the team production goes there, uh, and I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, I think fourth is probably where I'll pick the Panthers. Uh, as far as media goes, I will, I will say that I feel like that program's gained a little bit more respect after winning the title in 2021 and then 
seeing what they did last year, while it wasn't, you know, maybe as high of expectations as some had for them, uh, a nine-win season finishing ranked again, and, and the additions that they did make through the portal, I'd be surprised if Pitt was picked anywhere lower than sixth. Um, I would imagine they probably come in anywhere from fourth to sixth. If I had to guess, I'd say media picks them at fifth. I'll probably pick them at fourth. I want to pull at that thread a little bit in terms of respect from ACC writers because, like, it's like I said, I looked back before we did the show where Pip gets picked. The year that they won the Coastal Division but did yeah. not win the conference championship, I think that was 2018. They were picked fifth in the Coastal. Yeah. Um, the year they won the ACC championship, I think it was around eighth or ninth. Um, they always seem to get picked in that in that same range. Do you think the perception is changing, or do you think there's a bias against Pitt as that team that is just really not a geographic, cultural fit with the rest of the conference? Um, I guess you could put Syracuse, Boston College, maybe in that bucket as well. I think it. I think it's a little bit of yes for both. I still think that that bias exists a little bit, where the people who are voting still don't maybe view Pitt as a true ACC school. And it's hard to take them seriously, but I mean, it's hard to argue that with what they've done in the recent years and that I think that the big thing when it comes to doubters this year, isn't going to be, Oh, you know, they're, they're same old pit. They're six and six team. It's, they just had a lot of guys get drafted in the last couple of years and how much talent's still on that roster. Now that the bulk of that 2021 championship team is gone because most of those guys were drafted in the last two seasons. So that's probably going to be the biggest thing. It's, you know, how are they going to replace all those guys on defense? What is Dracovic like truly at this point in his career? I think there's going to be some skepticism on the passing game in general. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see a lot of teams also having high expectations in the ACC. I, I mean, Wake Forest just lost their best player. NC State gained a good quarterback, but he's coming off a pretty bad year in the ACC with Brendan Armstrong. Um, Florida, like I said, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, all of them have high expectations. Uh, but I, I think Pitt has a little bit more respect than years past, though. What about Penn State? I want to get you out of here on this one. Okay. Are you are you brave enough to pick them to beat Ohio State, Michigan, and maybe be that number two team in the Big Ten and contend you know, for an 11-1 season conference championship and, and win – especially because this is the last year, Noah, of, of the yeah. – so this is the last chance you kind of get to maybe beat one of those two teams, beat a weaker Western division team in the conference championship, and then slide directly into the college football playoff the way we've seen Michigan do the last couple of years. Are you brave enough to do it, or are you still picking them to be third, fourth, more in that range? It's kind of like a thing where they're like kind of like the Capitals in the last decade where the talent's there. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened, but I'm not going to pick it because there's just too much evidence to go against it. Um, but I think they're more than capable of doing it. I personally think next year's probably the year where they're going to be, that's going to be probably James Franklin's best team. Uh, just looking at when you have Aller for another year, that all of their running backs and some of their linemen that they recruited this last off season, um, with another year Abdul of experience. Will still be around. Yeah, they're going to be loaded. And this group this year is going to be very talented, but next year I think they have a chance to probably be like maybe the best team in the Big Ten. Um, but this is probably the best chance that they've had to to get over that hump this, this upcoming season. But no, I probably wouldn't pick it just because it's kind of a thing where it's – wouldn't be shocked if it happened, but I need to see it before I put my name on it and think it can happen. If they beat one, who is it? 
start to show a little bit of weakness. They're changing at quarterback with C.J. Stroud. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. is still there, and we know what he did to Penn State, especially in that second half last season in Happy Valley. But um, if I'm picking one of those two that I think they have the best chance to beat, I'm going to pick Ohio State. I'd be in Columbus, right? It is in Columbus. Yes, That's going to make yeah. it tough. They got Michigan at home, but I just think Michigan's. I think Michigan knows their identity more than Ohio State does. I, right. I agree with that. I think Michigan's going to be very good this year too. Um, yeah, I guess I'd have to agree with you. Uh, which it's just hard to imagine because I think if if Ryan Day loses to Penn State and Michigan this year, he probably gets fired. Which is kind of nuts considering he only think I lost how many losses does he have? Like five. In his whole career. Um, but that's just how high the bar is in Columbus. But yeah, I, I think that um yeah, I, I just think that they don't match up as well against Michigan. I think Michigan plays probably a better brand of football that Penn State would want to play. Although I think Penn State has better things than Michigan. I think Penn State could probably have a much better quarterback than Michigan. I think Penn State might, which is crazy to say, considering that Michigan might have the best running back returning in the country. I think Penn State might actually have a better run game as we go forward this year. But I just think that Michigan is just has a more established uh, identity, like you pointed out. And it, it just it's kind of hard to say that, yeah, I think the easier of the two wins is beating Ohio State in Columbus because that just doesn't happen for many people, Adam. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Michigan did it last year and they did it in <laughs> just destructive fashion. I wonder yeah, how good. much that cracks the facade. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. I mean, this – who knows with Ohio State? I mean, you're, you're you're looking at a program now with them where there aren't too many of Urban's guys around anymore. Um, and, and maybe, you know, that guy who was, quote unquote, born on third and thinks he hit a triple, maybe that he lets it slip away out of his hands. I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. So stay tuned to Noah for that. Also stay tuned to Noah for the college show, which I think is going to be after a one-week hiatus, making its return tomorrow on the uh, the Post Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel. Um, Noah, any interesting topics you want to tease? Uh, nothing just yet. We gotta, we gotta, we'll keep it, we'll keep it close to close to the vest. Close to the vest. Get in the lab. Figure out. It's going to yeah. be lots more great college talks. So make sure you're yeah. subscribed to the YouTube channel for that. Noah, thanks for hopping on with me today, and to everyone else. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.